Billiam to Major Tom, your circuits are dead, there's something wrong. While you're getting that fix, there's a new episode of Future Flicks. As always, I am Billiam, your host into the weekly world of film. This week we're born again, Ellen Page steals a baby, and the tale of Goku and Sanzo is retold. Again. It's the week of July 29th, and this is Future Flicks. Let's just jump right into things. We have quite a few movies to talk about this week, so let me get on with the news and I'll breeze through that. I'm going to make a change though. Uh, Last couple weeks I've been doing the box office numbers. I'm going to skip the numbers because do do you guys really care? Does, Does anyone really care about how many millions of dollars a movie made? If you did, you can just look it up. So what I'll tell you is I'll tell you the top five movies of the weekend and then I'll get into the news. But if you really are interested in the numbers, let me know. I might bring it back. Well, let's look at the weekend. Star Trek Beyond was the winner, followed by Secret Life of Pets coming in at number two, Ghostbusters hanging on at number three, though it never made it to number one, Lights Out was number four, and Ice Age Collision Course is up there, which, no, it, re- it really doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's not doing well, but. It doesn't surprise me that's up there because it it is one of the most popular film franchises of all time. But time for news. Now let's start with Star Trek news because Star Trek was a winner of the weekend. The fourth Star Trek movie, and apparently there will be a fourth. I always thought it was going to be a trilogy, but J.J. Abrams confirmed there will be another one and they will bring back Thor. Yes, Chris Hemsworth. You remember he was in the 2009 Star Trek reboot playing George Kirk, and he was in, what, like 15 minutes of the movie? But I think he was one of the best actors. I love Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Zoe Saldana, Simon Pegg, Anton Yelchin. I love all of them. But Chris Hemsworth was, his part in the beginning was amazing. And so apparently they're going to bring him back. Both Paramount Pictures and Skydance, as well as Bad Robot, said that, James T. Kirk's father will be back. So that makes me think they're going to do some more timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. And I, I, it could be good. It could be fine. One of my favorite Star Trek movies of all time, Star Trek First Contact, was almost all about time travel. Okay, well, it's about what they did once they got there, but the plot was only in due thanks to time travel. Yay! So we'll we'll see how they do that. In other Star Trek news, Abrams also announced that they will not be recasting Chekhov, which I think is the right choice. Uh, Anton Yelchin passed away, which you've heard me mention multiple times. And also, if you read my review of Star Trek Beyond, if you haven't checked it out at somewhatnerdy.com, I I think that's the best, best choice to not recast him because it would just be wrong. I think there are plenty of other things they can do. They can bring in... They can bring in another character. Since this movie, these movies take place in the Kelvin timeline, and it's already implied that things changed, maybe two people could boink earlier than they're going to. And so that way we get O'Brien from TNG and Deep Space Nine in, in this one. They, there's a way they, that they can make fans happy while also paying respect to the actor who passed. Next in the news, 
Amazon Studios is reportedly going to fully finance Woody Allen's next movie, according to a Hollywood Reporter, that is. This movie will star Kate Winslet, Jim Belushi, and Justin Timberlake. Oh my god, what kind of cast is that? It's a great cast, don't get me wrong. Kate Winslet is a fantastic actress. Justin Timberlake, I don't think he gets enough love. I do not think he gets enough love or taken seriously enough because he's a good actor. He's not the best. He really has like one or two types of characters he plays, but he does them well. And Jim Belushi. Wow, talk about 80s and 90s nostalgia there. Man, K-9, do you guys remember that movie? That was fantastic. Didn't I mention this on a podcast? I wish I could remember stuff. Keep your eye open for that one. Also pay attention if it uh, gets nominated for any Oscars. Just because it's an Amazon Studios one, let's see if the politics game of the Academy Awards stays strong. On a sad note, Gary Marshall passed away on July 19th at the age of 81. He is known for movies like Pretty Woman and The Princess Diaries. He was also a writer on Happy Days and Mork and Mindy, two of the best comedies of all time. Happy Days is classic. You, can, you don't get better than that. And Mork and Mindy. Mork and Mindy was a spinoff, if you don't remember, was a spinoff of Happy Days. Mork came down to Earth and the Fonz did battle with him. God, was it dancing? They do some sort of ridiculous battle. And then Mork goes, oh no, I'm defeated. I'm going to go away. And then Mork and Mindy happens. And God, that was a great show. Do you remember? Do you remember Mork would drink? With his finger, like he'd stick his finger into the water and he'd drink it. And oh man, that was great. Interestingly enough, there's an episode of Saved by the Bell where, you know, if you remember that diner they all went to, because apparently these kids had to had money to eat at diners all the time. I didn't have that kind of money when I was in high school. But anyway, that diner they went to had that waiter who was like an actor and magician person and he would do tricks and he would do that trick every once in a while. And that was, that was a tangent. Wow. All right, well, let's get on with the news with Alicia Vikander, who you would know as the Machina part of Ex Machina, says that the new Tomb Raider movie will be a film of the rebooted game series. I am really excited for this because the rebooted game series is fantastic. I mean, I was I was sad when Rise of the Tomb Raider became a Xbox exclusive only for the first year, though, because I'm a, I'm PC Master Race. If you, okay, you guys have to listen to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast. It is fantastic. I, I was just listening to episode five again on the way home, but they talk about consoles versus PC Master Race. If I remember right, okay, Chris, if you're listening to this, Snarf Chris, I believe that Yahtzee, I'm, I'm not sure if he started it. I'm not sure if he started this, but I remember that the first time I ever heard PC Master Race was from Ben Yahtzee Croshaw, who does the who does a bunch of game reviews on um, Escapist magazine. Anyway, I was sad when the, when that game came out because I couldn't play it right away, and then eventually it came out on Steam, and I learned the hard way that I can't actually play because my computer's not that great. I can play Overwatch, thankfully, and I learn every day that I hate Overwatch so much. God, I hate that game, but I play it. I keep on playing it. Uh, let's go on with the Divergent series. We'll wrap up with a TV movie. This actually really shocked me because these these movies just got worse, 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 worse. I, I was never a fan of the books. I did try reading it. 
And by try, I mean I didn't even get halfway through the first one, and I just threw it aside because I was, I, was, I was tired of it. I was tired of that teen lit stuff. I mean, I think it's great. I do think it's great that there is this whole world of books out there for younger people. I think that's fantastic. Get kids into reading. That is amazing. And I, I heard the books were better, though. I did hear the books were better from my dear friend Mercedes, who has read the books. She's read all those, all, all that teen lit stuff and can give me an, her honest opinion on it. And she said the books were better. But apparently the last movie did so bad that they're just scrapping the whole movie thing. They're going to do a TV movie. And apparently, from what I heard, thinking about a TV series, a spin-off TV series, because that's, that's a good idea. You lose a bunch of money in the movies because you made crap, and then let's make a crappy TV show. I'm sorry, I think Donald Belisario has the market cornered on crappy TV shows. He's a guy behind NCIS and all those spin-offs. Wow, I said I was going to keep the news short, so let's get in to my pick of the week and i have two again my first pick of the week is batman the killing joke the joker escapes from arkham asylum and batman must hunt him down the clown prince of crime goes after the family of commissioner gordon as he goes deeper and deeper into madness the killing joke is probably one of my favorite graphic novels of all time just because it is this fantastic one shot from the dark, dark mind of Alan Moore. I mean, this guy is so dark that heavy metal bands go to him for inspiration. I did, when I was younger, I had some problems with it because I was too idealistic, thinking that, that it, was, it was just too dark. Now that I'm older, I can appreciate it more, and it is a great piece of work. I do have a warning, though, about this one. Actually, two warnings. The first is that this is going to be an adult movie. It's rated R. If you haven't read the graphic novel, it is, like I said, darker than dark. Also, it's getting really mixed reviews, like incredibly mixed reviews. Some people are saying it's fantastic, and others are saying it is absolute garbage. That the, that the animation quality is even worse than Batman the Animated Series out of the 90s. And that was good for that day. You know, we've, we've come so far in the world of animation that it shouldn't look like that. What I think is that I'm, I'm going to give it a shot anyway. I have to. I have to watch this. I don't think I want to see it in the theaters. And here's, here's the interesting part. I believe that it's getting minor theater playtime. Like it's playing in two theaters around me three times. Three times total. And then... I think the rest is going to be online. If I remember right, Amazon is already taking pre-orders and it does release Monday. So my suggestion on this is um, if you haven't read the graphic novel, then don't see this movie yet. Don't do it. Read the graphic novel first. This brings back Mark Hamill as the Joker and Kevin Conroy as Batman slash Bruce Wayne. And they are fantastic. They are the best. There, There's no one else. At least Batman the Killing Joke got this right. They got Batman and they got the Joker. That's all that really matters, as far as the voices go, at least. So my vote is see it if you're a fan of the comic book, but don't get your hopes up. You know what you should do is gather a bunch of friends together, all pitch in money like a couple bucks a piece, get some pizza, and watch it. I think that's the best thing you could do. 
But let's get into my other pick, which is Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne remembers who he is. Yay! Now he has to find out parts of his past that are still hidden to him. This, this one looks like a great action film. And this is actually the, the franchise that brought Matt Damon into the action genre. The Jeremy, Jeremy Renner one. Not a lot of people liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was really good. And speaking of Jeremy Renner, his movie is getting a sequel, but apparently it was supposed to be released this year. Then when Matt Damon came out and said he would do another one and they got a script together, yada, yada, yada. Then that was pushed to 2018 to give this one preference, which I totally understand. Get this one out first because it's going to it's going to be the bigger moneymaker. Because Jeremy Renner's Born, the Born Legacy, it did well. It may not have been critically acclaimed, but it did well. And it deserves a sequel. I think it deserves its own trilogy. This one, Jason Bourne movies, this is where it's at. This is what people want to see. Matt Damon actually did a great AMA on Reddit, I think a couple days ago. So I think... Everyone should just look that one up because some people asked him some really good questions, some hilarious questions. It was a really good read. It was really good learning a lot more about him and, and why he picks roles and what he, what he thought of Team America. But other people are in this movie too. Did you know that? I sure did because I made notes. Tommy Lee Jones is in it, who you would recognize from Men in Black. He was also in the first Captain America movie. Alicia Vikander... Again, from Ex Machina, who I mentioned before, who's going to play Lara Croft in the new Tomb Raider series. She's in it as well. So let's skip ahead to my vote. Check it out. But only if you've seen the first three. This is not a good place to jump into the series. The, the other movies shouldn't be that, that hard to find. In fact, they should be really easy to find. What I meant to say is they shouldn't be that expensive. You could probably find it streaming somewhere. You can buy the first three movies probably on Amazon or Target, Walmart, what have you, for really cheap. But watch them. They're really good action movies. But let's move on. Two, Indignation. A young man deals with repressed sexuality and finding himself while attending college in 1951. He meets and courts a young woman who turns out to be more trouble than he is. This is based on a book by Philip Roth. It stars Logan Lerman from Percy Jackson and Perks of Being a Wallflower and Sarah Gadden from 112263 and Dracula Untold. Logan Lerman is one of my favorite actors that just hasn't made it yet. He's been in a lot, but he's still not an A-lister and I think he's good enough to be one. This looks intense, but not in a thriller sort of way, more of a a heavy drama sort of way where it builds and builds until you're squirming in your seat. I bet you anything that this is going to be one of those coming-of-age stories. It's either going to end with just a sort of feeling that the main character did learn something, but it's going to be kind of open-ended. Like, you know, he walks away kind of with a smile on his face. You think, yeah, he, he, he learned something, but where is he going from here? Or it's going to be terribly terribly depressing so we will see when this comes out this week my vote on this one is if you're not a fan of blockbusters or comic books then check this one out it may be up your alley other than that 
give it a shot, but wait for it on the usual streaming services or on sale on, on Blu-ray or DVD. Next up in this week's plethora of offerings is Into the Forest. After a massive power outage, two sisters must survive in their home in the middle of the forest. Yeah, that's it. That That's really the premise. There's probably more to the movie, but not that the trailer showed. This looks like a psychological thriller in the hands of an indie crew, which could make it a very interesting movie. But from the looks of the trailer, this one just looks boring. Ellen Page has always put me to sleep. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say it, but even her portrayal of Shadowcat in the earlier X-Men movies is just a snore. She has one note. She's one of those character characters. She's one of those actors that has one note, but unfortunately her one note isn't very interesting. She got lucky with Juno, and she's got lucky with a couple other projects, but other than that, she's just bland. It also stars Evan Rachel Wood from The Wrestler and Across the Universe, and she's actually not someone I'm terribly familiar with, because I, I saw The Wrestler, and from what I remember of it, she was good, and I never saw Across the Universe because, oddly enough, movies about hippies just make me uncomfortable because I just think about all the diseases they're getting. So I actually don't have much to say about her, unfortunately. This movie just looks boring. It doesn't look very good. Check out the trailer. Tell me what you think. I think this is a pass, and that's my vote, is pass. Pass, pass, pass. Next up is Bad Moms. Three moms are pushed past their limits and decide that they need a break. They start to have more fun and also decide that the three women who lead the PTA must be taken out. This stars Mila Kunis from That 70s Show, Katherine Hahn from The Goods or Crossing Jordan, Kristen Bell from Veronica Mars, Christina Applegate, Married with Children, and Jada Pinkett Smith from Gotham. And this looks dumb. I bet you this is going to be a fun comedy it'll make it'll make people smile it'll make you laugh but it just i don't i don't see why this movie needed to be made it just looks like um they rebranded the hangover with girl power and made it about moms which i i understand that yes that's that's great let's mom power they do a lot of work and all female cast go for it that's not my problem. My problem is this movie just looks stupid. It looks like it has just stereotypical contrived jokes that have been told a million times with these characters that we've seen in millions of other movies. It doesn't look like it's worth anyone's time. Uh, this would probably be best enjoyed with a lot of beer. Or, you know, like I've said before, we'd go to go to your local liquor store and get those small bottles of alcohol and just sneak those in and pour those in your drink if you see that do that have have a blast this makes me also realize how old i am because christina applegate is is old enough to be a mom and so is mila kunis so there's that my vote and let's just get right down to it is a hard pass it looks like it could be fun just not worth the price of a ticket it just isn't Let's move on to the last movie before our break, which is Gleason. This documentary follows Steve Gleason, who once played for the New Orleans Saints, who was diagnosed with ALS. He leaves video messages for his baby since ALS is usually fatal, and he understands he may not be there when his kid grows up. As you can probably already tell, this looks like a really heavy documentary. 
If you don't know who Steve Gleason is, he blocked a punt in a 2006 game versus the Atlanta Falcons, which was heralded as the turning points for the New England Saints. It was quite an amazing play. I remember there was a fumble, so Atlanta was going to have to punt, and then they brought in their kicker, and so he goes to punt the ball, but Steve Gleason breaks through the line and just smacks it down, and the ball goes wild. Someone from the uh, Saints picks it up, runs it in for a touchdown, and that, many people believe, was the moment that turned the Saints around. But back to the movie, I don't think I could ever watch this. I really don't. This is way too real and heavy. I mean, I get bothered when I read a Today I Learned on Reddit that's just too real like this. But I think it's worth it, really worth it, that movies like this get out. Because something like this can happen to anyone. It's deeply important that you live every day to the fullest because you don't know when it's going to happen to you or if it's going to happen to you. And so someone like this who can live with this disease and say, you know what, I'm not going to sit here like crumbling down in a pile. I'm just going to do the best I can with what I have left. And so he goes and makes video messages for his child who who's going to need a father figure who needs those life lessons. So he says, you know, I'm sorry, I may not be there for you, but here's what I can do. And I think that is fantastic. Ideally, in the perfect world, Steve Gleason will make it. And he will get to give his child these lessons. He will get to talk to him about dating. He will get to talk to him about girls. He will get to talk to him about all that stuff. But unfortunately, with this disease, it doesn't look good. But this movie, I think that the reason that they're making this movie, because these these are personal messages to a kid, and then they're just put into a movie. But I think the reason this movie is being made is because the overall message is more important than that. It's a father's love for his child. And it's a man realizing that he has to do this. That his kid needs to know that he is always loved. So when his child grows up, having never known, really known his father, he knows that he was loved. That is important. And that is why I don't think I can watch the movie, just because that's, it's, it's taking, maybe it's because of all the beers I've had that I'm not choking up right now, but I think that, that's why I can't watch it. My vote for this is keep it on your radar and keep Steve Gleason in your thoughts or your prayers. But my friends, it is time for our break. And I guarantee it that when we get back, we will be on a lighter note. And I didn't want to end this podcast with Gleason because that just would have been a downer. So let's go to the break on a downer note with a message from my friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And we're back. Let's jump right into things with the movie Nerve. A high school girl gets caught up in an online game of truth or dare, minus the truth, and finds herself getting into more and more trouble. 
She is paired with a young man, and the two take part in increasingly dangerous dares until they start to suspect that there's more to the game than they ever expected. This one stars Emma Roberts, uh, who, if you saw Aquamarine, you'd know her, and Dave Franco from the Now You See Me series, and a lot. He's been in quite a bit, like 22 Jump Street and Neighbors. This looks like a fun movie, but just not good enough to warrant a movie ticket. It's a shame because I really like Dave Franco, but even he is not enough to get me to want to see this in theaters. This is one of those movies I really want to see, but just not, I, I just don't want to take time out of my busy schedule to see this. Interestingly enough, this is one of two movies coming out this week that has Coulson Baker in it, who is better known as his stage name, Machine Gun Kelly. He's a rapper that was first put on my radar during WrestleMania 28. Um, his theme was the theme synonymous with John Cena in that one, because this was the WrestleMania where it was The Rock versus John Cena. Machine Gun Kelly ended up getting booed because his song was John Cena's song. And then, if I remember right, Flo Rida had a song that was, that was The Rock song. Everyone was like, yeah, we love this one. The Machine Gun Kelly came out and goes, who are you? Get out of here. You're white. You can't rap. Nerve could definitely be good, but the problem is that the trailers haven't done enough to show it. All the trailers have been was just dark and flashy with Emma Roberts and Dave Franco stripping down to their underwear and and driving a motorcycle blindfolded and all this other stuff that, sure, interesting, fine, that, that's great, but show me more. Show me more about the movie to make me want to go see it. And they haven't done that. So my vote for this is skip it in theaters. Watch this one at home. It could be very interesting. It's just not worth the price of a ticket. Next up, we have an offering from China. Monkey King, Hero is Back. After spending 500 years in an ice cage, the Monkey King is released by a child to save his village from monsters. This stars Jackie Chan as the Monkey King and also has the voice of James Hong who some of you might know as Hannibal Chu from Blade Runner, but he's been everywhere. Like Every, every time a TV show needs an Asian dude, it's him. Okay, not every time, obviously, but lots of the time it's him. He This, this man is always working. And I feel bad for saying this, but the fact that Jackie Chan is doing the voice of the Monkey King at least gives the Monkey King a reason to speak in broken English. So it's not some non-Asian dude sitting behind a mic doing his best Chinese man impression. Uh, in the opening, I said this was the story of Sanzu and Goku retold, but I was partially wrong. The original story is called Journey to the West. is a 16th century Chinese story about Zhang, who travels to the western lands to find the lost Buddhist teachings. Along the way, he meets the Monkey King, who has been imprisoned by heaven for basically being a gigantic jerk. His name is Sun Wukong. I got the name Sanzo and Goku, or names Sanzo and Goku, from an anime called Sayuki. Roughly based off this story. Also, Goku, many of you will know from Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, he too is loosely based off Sun Wukong. Because both of them had that pole that extended really long. Because if you remember in Dragon Ball, Goku carried that pole around with him. And I think he even had it in the beginning of Dragon Ball Z, but once they started getting into stupidly high power levels, he ditched it. He ditched that, he ditched the Nimbus, 
just because he's like, oh, well, I can destroy planets now. I don't need a, ever ex- a pole that can extend forever. <laughs> That's just child's play. Let me blow up this planet with my mind. This is the first project by writer-director Tian Shan Peng. I think I'm saying that right. No, I'm, I'm, I don't even think I'm saying that right. I'm butchering it so bad. I'm really bad at saying Chinese. I can, I can barely pronounce Japanese, and I am Japanese. It's terrible. Uh, but he was actually nominated for an award for this on Sichuan TV, or on the Sichuan TV Festival. He didn't win, unfortunately, but that that's pretty damn good. Your first outing, you're writing and directing something, and you get a nod. That's pretty good. I just am not too psyched to see this. This looks cute, but passable. And it's, op- of course, I forgot to say it is a animated movie, if you didn't gather that from when I was talking about voices. The animation doesn't look that great. I think I think Pixar and Disney and even uh, DreamWorks and even Imagination is is just spoiling us, spoiling me at least, just because I expect so much from animation these days. Even kids TV shows like uh, like Gravity Falls, Steven Universe, things like that, I do expect a certain level from too. And those shows are on the on those two shows were on the passable part of the gradient my vote for this is keep an eye out for it after theaters i wouldn't spend your money to see it unless you really love the story of the journey to the west other than that pass next up we have equity naomi bishop is a big star in the investment banking world that is until she's threatened by a scandal and must get to the bottom of the problem I saved this one for closer to the end because I noticed that usually I do the best first and then the second half is filled with a bunch of meh to reviews. So I wanted to put this one here because this movie looks good. It looks really good. I will even consider seeing it in theaters, finding some time somewhere to see it. This tries to sell itself with the woman power banner and that's great. I think that's fantastic. I like it because it just looks entertaining. This stars Anna Gunn, who you would know as Skyler from Breaking Bad, Sarah Megan Thomas, who hasn't done much. Uh, she was in this movie Backwards with alongside James Vanderbeek. She played a ro- Olympic hopeful for rowing who couldn't quite make it, so she tried to stop competing and got into teaching, so- something like that. And it has James Purefoy, from Rome and A Knight's Tale. In A Knight's Tale, he was the bad guy. Not, not necessarily the bad guy per se, but just the antagonist. He was he was the guy that was also trying to get the girl. If you haven't seen Knight's Tale, do yourself a favor and watch it. It was a Heath Ledger movie, and it was it was really cheesy. It was just goofy, but it was a lot of fun. It was stupid, and I loved it. It was just a joy to watch. Every time I see it on TV, I stop and I watch it. So give it a shot if you haven't seen it. It's called The Knight's Tale, and it is fantastic. Don't expect a serious movie at all, because even this movie doesn't take itself seriously. They knew. They knew it was a joke, too, and it was fantastic. This uh, movie, getting back to equity, looks like something Aaron Sorkin would write, but just, you know, flip the girl-to-guy ratio. I mean, he's always had strong female characters, but it was always primarily dudes. 
And I, I don't know why, but I love movies about business and politics and the dirty deeds that go down behind the scenes. It just captures me and doesn't let me go. I think that's why I loved The West Wing so much. I mean, if you ask me my, my top favorite TV shows, it's all going to be like Stargate and Warehouse 13, Star Trek, and all these. Then The West Wing. There it is. Just have all the sci-fi and fantasy, what have you. The West Wing. Just, just right there. Just right there. My vote for this one is check it out. You don't have to see it in theaters. This isn't the type of movie that you really need to see on the big screen. Sure, it would look cooler, but you don't have to see it in theaters. No matter how you see it, big screen, small screen, give it a shot. It looks interesting. Next up is another movie from China based on a 16th century novel called Feng Sheng Bong, League of Gods. This is based on the novel Feng Sheng Yang Yi, the investiture of the gods this is the tale of king zo of shang and how he becomes a tyrant due to a vixen spirit daji who is disguised as one of his concubines this is a cg heavy kung fu movie and what is not to love this stars jet lee from movies like war and romeo must die and bing bing fan who most nerds would know from x-men days of future past she played blink unfortunately this doesn't look like the sort of movie you'd actually go to the theater to watch this looks like the kind of movie you'd stumble upon accidentally in the store one day and goes oh yeah i remember hearing about that that one nerd guy talked about it on that podcast i listen to all the time because it's fantastic i would really want to see it And this is another one of those cases of if I find a way to watch it on my own time for cheap, then I'm going to do it. But other than that, unfortunately, I'm going to have to pass. It looks entertaining, but it just doesn't look like it's worth the commitment. It looks fun. It looks like it has some really good kung fu fight scenes in it. And it looks like it has some goofy CG, but it doesn't look like something that's going to you know make me go see it in the theaters so my vote for this one is you know definitely check out the trailer well you should check out the trailer for all these if you're if you're interested but check out the trailer for it it could be down your alley or this could be something you just uh you just pass on and maybe one day stumble upon who knows let's move right on to a movie called Tallulah Tallulah is a young woman who was left penniless when her boyfriend leaves her and takes everything she has. She goes off on a quest to find him and in the process has a stranger ask her to babysit. Tallulah takes the baby when the mother passes out in a drug-induced stupor and convinces her ex's mother that the baby is hers. I'm pretty sure I saw this on an episode of Judge Judy. This is a ridiculous ridiculous plot that i'm not even sure how it got greenlit somewhere somewhere out there was an executive who who was shown this and goes okay yeah this looks like a great movie this stars empty canvas ellen page and big bird lookalike allison janney okay the, the ellen page comment may have been mean but the allison janney comment was a reference to the west wing in an episode where the Secret Service, she finds out that the Secret Service gives everyone nicknames and hers is Big Bird. So that, that's just not me being a jerk. That, that's an actual reference. Thank you very much. I mentioned how the plot was dumb, but the trailer makes it look like it could be an endearing tale of self-discovery that just happens to have this dark shadow hanging over it that is the kidnapping that Tallulah committed. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if 
when people watch this movie, it's just terribly upsetting. Even if it's happy, there's still this feeling that you committed a crime. You committed a terrible crime. You took someone's baby away. Whether or not they were an unfit parent wasn't for you to decide. And then you're trying to pass it off on your own. So even if things start going really well for Tallulah, there's still going to be that gut-wrenching feeling that's all going to come all going to come crashing down when the truth comes out. This is a Netflix original film, which means that many of us can watch it for free. Yay! So here is my vote. If you have Netflix, watch it. Why the hell not? Worst case scenario is you're bored and you turn it off. Best case scenario is that you watch a good movie. The next movie I'm going to talk about, second to last, I know. I know, we're almost at the end. But that's what happens when a million movies come out in one week. I talk a lot. But anyway, let's go on to Viral. A virus outbreak sweeps across the country and one young woman documents her family's new life in quarantine and also tries to protect her infected sister. This stars Sophia Black D'Elia, who you would know from Almanac, Annalee Tipton, Warm Bodies, what what's with all these people with names I can barely pronounce? Annalee, what is it? That's probably from some country, I bet you. But wow, I've never heard that one before. Anyway, it also has Machine Gun Kelly. Here it is, the second movie with MGK in it. This virus spreads through worms that the person coughs up and tries to get into non-infected people's eyes, nose, and mouth. So let's just say that this movie is my worst nightmare. But the movie Slither. It, the movie Slither was fantastic. If you haven't seen it yet, Nathan Fillion, Elizabeth Banks, and Michael Roker. He was great. Everyone was great in it. It was a cheesy movie, but those that that is my one of my many, unfortunately, many kryptonites. Is the thought of something crawling in you like a bug in you? That's really gross. So that's I think that was probably the scariest part of this trailer. It sure they were supposed to be like rage monster type zombies, but it was just eh, it was just okay. And in my opinion, the sister deserved it. The one who was infected. I'm just going to say that right now. At least from what the trailer showed. Because it, it was right in this scene where there's some where this person at their school saying, Hey, watch out for people acting strange. Sisters walking around, see someone acting strange. Are you okay? And blah, 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 face full of worms. You, can't, you deserved that. You did. There could be more circumstances in the movie. Who knows? Um, maybe those sequences happen out of in a different order in the film. In that case, maybe she didn't deserve it. But as far as, as, far as the trailer goes, she 100% deserved it. Uh, this was written by Christopher Landon, who has written Paranormal Activities 2 through 5, which could mean something to you if those movies are your thing. I thought the first one was really good. It was really interesting. And I lost interest after the second. This movie could be good, but again... Just not good enough for a theater. This is the type of movie, that special type of movie, that I would probably buy when it goes on sale and save it for my Halloween movie marathon. I actually wonder if Roz has talked about this. I try to read everything he does, but he does so much more work than I do that I could have easily missed it. You guys really should check out his stuff if, he, if you haven't already. He recently did a rundown of the Wrong Turn series, and I really loved how he could admit that a horror movie was crap, 
but you can still tell he loves it just because he loves horror. Like, that's his thing. Like, he'll watch it. He'll be down. He's like, yeah, this is a horror. And then he can honestly say, no, this movie this movie is crap. You, you may, you may want to skip it. But he sat there and he's like, all right, this is my thing. And so check it out. Check out his stuff on Somewhat Nerdy. In fact, check out everyone's stuff on Somewhat Nerdy. Check it out. It's pretty awesome. But my vote on this movie, meh, meh. Skip it. Skip it like it's school and you have this, you have a substitute teacher. I'm going to end this all on a high note. I'm going to do it with our final movie. Yes, our final movie. That's 13 movies this week. 13. Oh my God, that's a lot. This movie is called Deshoom. John and Varun go on a suicidal mission to rescue Jacqueline, the princess, from her evil fiancé. That is an amazing premise. It is so basic, so stereotypical, but it, God, it just, it's so great. I love this trailer so much. This movie looks amazing. It looks like amazing Bollywood gold. Check it out. This looks fantastic. Since this is an Indian movie, it will be very limited in its release, but try, try to check it out when it gets released on DVD. The trailer had me laughing and smiling, and I couldn't even understand a word they were saying. I couldn't find a trailer that had subtitles, but I didn't need one because it was a blast. I'll need some for the movie, sure, but for the trailer, I didn't. It showed me everything I needed to know, that this is going to be fun, and it looks like it hits every action trope in the book and goes to town on it. Bollywood really needs more love in America. It really does. They do some fantastic work, some truly amazing pieces of cinematic art, and then they do some really goofy, goofy stuff that's highly entertaining. Sure, they're just like America, where a majority of the movies that they release, no one's ever going to see, or a majority of people won't see. They probably produce a lot of garbage, too, that even people in India will be like, nah, I'm going to skip it. I'm going to watch Dishoom when it comes out. They have gems. They really do. And I think that's the same with any culture, any any country and their movies, that they really do have some great movies out there. And we just have to be willing to explore enough to see them. Sure, America has fantastic movies. We're like Hollywood is really where it's at. But there are some great movies out there. Mexico, Itumama Tambien, Ong Bak, Thailand, Battle Royale, Zat and Zatuichi, Japan, Troll Hunter from Norway, Blue is the Warmest Color from France, Waltz with Bashir from Israel. Okay, here, here's your homework for this week. Here's your homework. I want you to find a foreign movie and I want you, want you to watch it. To make it easy, there's a there's a list. A couple websites have done lists of best foreign movies available on Netflix. Do it that way. That way you don't have to spend any money on it. But just check out something outside of what you'd normally watch. There's a lot of great movies out there. We just have to be willing to experience them. And with that, my friends, I'm going to leave you with my vote for Dishoom. Check it out. Keep an eye open for it and watch it whenever you can. And that, my dear, dear friends... That is the end of this episode of Future Flicks for the week of July 29th. As always, I am Billiam, your oh-so-humble host. Please give some love to Somewhat Nerdy Radio. It is one of my 
new favorite podcasts. And I, I said it before, and I'll say it again. I would listen to it even if I didn't write for them. It is, it is fantastic. It's hilarious. It is well done. It's just, it's just three nerds sitting around a microphone, having a good time. Check out the website. Check out all we do there. Check out my movie reviews. And when Doctor Who starts up again, talk my TARDIS talk, which I promise, if you've ever read those, I promise this season I'm going to be on top of it. And always just check in with the site. Like us on Facebook, like Somewhat Nerdy on Facebook, so you can stay in touch with us to see what we have coming out. You can follow me on Twitter, Billiam, S-W-N, that's B-I-L-L-I-A-M-S-W-N. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Please give me a rating. I would love as many stars as you could possibly throw at me. And if you like it, if you like what you hear, if you think I'm entertaining, you know, tell your friends about me. Let's get this going. Let's make this the next big podcast. And remember, as I leave you, please remember that no matter where your week takes you, no matter what you do, just find some time in your busy schedule to sit down and catch a flick. I am Billiam from SomewhatNerdy.com, and I'm out.